You're listening to Through the Funnel, where we demystify Chinese medicine. I'm your host, Mallory Jimo, and this is episode number two. Welcome. Today, I am joined by my dear friend and colleague, Susanna Lay. Hi, Susanna. Thanks so much for being with me. Hi, Mallory. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It's really lovely to be able to sit here and chat with you. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm really excited because we are such good friends and the conversations that we have, I think, just uh, take us to new levels and we really have um, great insight into the medicine together. You bring things out of me and I know I bring things out of you. Before we get started, I just want to let our listeners know that Susanna is also a physician of classical Chinese medicine. She practices in Chapel Hill, North Carolina at Southern Village Acupuncture. She is in general practice with a focus on mental health, digestive issues, and pain management. And she also has a deep love for all things natural, local, and animals, especially canines. Susanna, again, thank you so much for joining me. I kind of want to start from the beginning with you. What drew you to Chinese medicine? Can you tell us a little bit about your journey to formalizing your studies? Yeah, I can. Um, it's so interesting. I think about this so often, but I really didn't know anything about acupuncture and Chinese medicine. Even when I first made made my first acupuncture appointment, I was um, I was I think I was twenty six or twenty seven. I was living in Portland, Oregon, and I was actually working as an assistant editor as a poetry magazine. Um, I was thinking I was going to have a life of academia at Portland State University, um, become a professor and, you know, focus on poetry and poetics. Um, and I was also, around this time, I was, I, I was working on my MFA as well at Portland State University. And I was struggling a lot with insomnia, which was mm -hmm. something that I'd struggled with for a long time. Um, and I was also having headaches. And just kind of on a whim, I made an appointment with an acupuncturist in the Mississippi neighborhood of Portland. And as it happened, the practice was owned by a young man and his wife who were pretty recent graduates from, um, I think, the Pacific, uh, Pacific College um, of what is the PCA? What is it? The Pacific College? Um, I know it's a, 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 a long-term institution, but um, anyway, so he was fresh off of his studies and just opened a practice. Um, we talked a lot about theory during my sessions, and that just kind of planted seeds that kind of developed over the next five or so years as I realized that I was not on the, the right career path for me. Um, I made a few changes, and by the time I was 33, I had moved from Portland to Asheville, North Carolina to start attending school. Wow. So it yeah. took 
about five years, I think you said, in treatment. How was, how did you feel after your first treatment? Did it help with the headaches? Did it help with the insomnia? It did. It was, it was amazing. So I remember that first treatment, you know, Oh, again, I had a, just a vague notion that this guy was going to put needles in me. They <laughs> um, <laughs> they set up a really beautiful little practice. You know, it was it was a very small space, but when you walked in, kind of the first thing you saw was their raw herb pharmacy and clear glass jars, which of course is just a beautiful um, visual experience. Um, I can't remember. There were maybe three rows of ten jars each, uh, something like that. Like it wasn't a huge practice or a huge space. Um, and then we, we chatted a little bit. I told him what was going on. Of course we did the intake and I just, in that first session, um, you know, he put some needles in my abdomen, needles in the top of my head. I'm sure there were needles in my hands and feet, but I just couldn't stop looking. <laughs> you know, I kept like, you know, I would relax on the table for a minute and then I would look at my hand again, or I would tip my head up so I could look at the needles in my abdomen. You know, it was just like. I just couldn't believe it. It was so cool. And um, we saw each other probably for about six or seven months pretty regularly. And he was a super sweet guy. He, you know, he gave me a um, a different rate because I was a, a student. Nice. Um, he just did everything he could to really, you know, make it accessible to me. And um, we had a, a great vibe. And the first thing that really happened for me was, the, the the headaches easing like I was mm-hmm. really struggling with tension mm-hmm. headaches showing up throughout the day um and the headaches started to shift I actually my sleep got better pretty quickly but I was having crazy dreams <laughs> for like weeks mm-hmm. <laughs> I think yeah my you know I was definitely processing some stuff but as the you know like because my dreams were so intense, even though I was definitely sleeping better, I was going to sleep, which was yeah. you know pretty cool. I was still struggling with feeling um, rested, but then mm-hmm. that gradually started to shift. And yeah, it was just, it was just really cool. I don't even think that in those first few years afterwards, I was thinking about becoming an acupuncturist, but um, around 2010, so, you know, maybe two or three years later, I purchased the book Between Heaven and Earth, nice. you know, one of those kind of classic um, intro books. And yeah, it just kind of felt like one thing after another was just falling in place. Um, and then I went to, you know, I found Taoist Traditions, and um, that was the school that I considered, you know, actually pursued seriously. And yeah, and then there you go. There was all of... 2012 and there we were. Yeah. When we met. Yep. Yeah. It's so cool when patients come in for headaches because I, I just remember, and I wish I could remember which instructor told us this, um, but he said, you know, okay, today we're going to talk about headaches. And then it was like, these are, this is going to be the easiest thing you ever do. These things, you know, you're going to be able to really help people with their headaches, no problem. And just hearing him say that, 
was the way that he said it with such conviction to me, I was like, Ooh, cool. Like if this is really easy, like what else? And even still, when I see patients that have crazy longstanding headaches for years, which it sounds like you did too. And I share that with them after they've had their treatment usually so that they know that their headache's going to be decreased. It's like, it gives yeah. them a source of confidence too, because so many people aren't familiar with this medicine and its capabilities. It's true. And I, I think so many people, I mean, something like a headache, which is so commonplace and yet, you know, I mean, it just, it, it wrecks your day, you know, yeah. like most of us have to power through our headaches. We just have to stay at our desk or do our work or whatever, you know? And so I think most of us kind of have that place of like, Oh, you know, headaches are inevitable. So I'll just take Advil. Yep. And once you can start communicating with someone that like, actually, no, like this, this can change. You can mm -hmm. have a fundamental change in this life experience and you don't have to think that have headaches are just what happens, you know, like mm -hmm. that. I feel like it's incredible. And it also, you know, it can be kind of that little, just cracking the window for someone to realize that they can really live in their bodies and not just think like oh you know stuff's just gonna happen <laughs> you know like they yeah can really connect with like oh I can have like health and wellness yeah and that pain isn't just pain and it isn't inevitable and it's not going to be forever and what I love so much about Chinese medicine just in general is that we bring lifestyle into it. And maybe this guy that you were seeing out West, maybe he did, you know, make some suggestions like, Hey, are you eating sugar? Or are you, um, you know, even like sometimes consuming too much fat, or are you staring too much at the computer? You know, we do some investigation to see and figure out why is this happening? Because, modern medicine and the accessibility of medications is it almost makes it too easy and gives patients and people just a reason to say oh well I'll just do this and the, those types of medications cause so much harm to our internal system and when you visit an acupuncturist in the way that we've studied it's like yeah, let's work with these headaches and let's figure out why it's happening. And I think like um, that insight, I just feel like, you know, we we can just kind of get on rails where we just, we go to our jobs, we're dealing with our personal lives, our families, we're driving this place and that place. And the really, I mean, the profound experience of living can kind of, just kind of fall aside and not like, oh, well, if it hurts, I'll take Advil. You know, if I'm not sleeping, I'll get a prescription. <clears throat> you know, if this food doesn't work, I'll take an antacid. Yeah. But, you know, it's, just, it's like we kind of are glossing over what really is the experience of existing. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, it's a joy. You know, it's certainly amazing for me. I mean, clearly it was very transformative for me to – I'm not – I'm not sitting in a desk in an, you know, an office at Portland State University. Like I like put needles in people all day and it's super exciting. <laughs> 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 it's just, yeah. I feel like there's a little bit of, 
you know, certainly in terms of, of improving people's quality of life and helping with yeah. pain and discomfort and symptoms. But, you know, really just that, that like you get to, you get to have the full spectrum of experience in your body, you know, in yeah. this lifetime. And mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully that those seeds get planted, you know, even more than either you of us, you, either of us know with our, our clients. So, yeah. Yeah. Have I shared with you my first experience with acupuncture? <laughs> I, if you have, I don't remember it offhand. So bring it, bring it. I don't know why I'm laughing, but you're going to understand. So I had just moved back from Washington, D.C., where I moved to after graduating from undergraduate. And it was just so stressful living in D.C., trying to keep up with the Joneses and Capitol Hill. And the way that I like to say it is I cried, quit, and came home. And for me, home has always been the greater Cleveland, Ohio area. (laughs) And so I moved back to Cleveland and I got a job in the same public relations field that I was doing in DC, but it just wasn't as stressful, but I was still stressed. And I was making, you know, a bunch of money at that time. And I knew that I wasn't going to be in like you, you know, just kind of standard corporate America or, um, institutionalized um, business or an employee. And so I started to try all these different modalities. And one of which that I tried was acupuncture. And the acupuncturist was located not far from my apartment. So I was living downtown Cleveland. So I walked there. And it was upstairs kind of in this like loft above some restaurants and shops. And she gave me a back treatment. So we do the front of the body and we do the back of the body. And then there are some points that are along the sides of the body too, just to mention some of those. But um, so she gave me a back treatment. So I was face down and I swear she probably stuck maybe like 25 to 30 needles in me, which is a lot coming from, I think the way that we approach the medicine we were taught and I just remember when she was putting some of these needles in my shoulders felt like balloons popping because Mm. they were so tight and stressed and just my nervous system was so overloaded from not just where I was currently, but where I had come from such a stressful city and, and being fresh out of college and not knowing anything about what it means to like live and work and have that balance. And so then I laid there, you know, for probably like the typical 15 to 20 minutes and I got up and she wasn't very, um, friendly. She was pretty clinical and very matter of fact. So we didn't talk too much, but, I just remember I opened the door from her place to go outside and there was a step down to the sidewalk. I opened that door and the whole city was vibrant and colorful and green and this is like downtown Cleveland like there's not a lot of trees there's really not a lot of grass and (laughs) this the location of this lady's practice 
was fairly close to the lake. So, you know, you kind of get the like water feeling and, you know, you can kind of feel the smoothness of that. And I heard nothing as far as city sounds, like cars and other people and just like that hustle and bustle. I didn't feel it. I, I the only thing that had my attention was nature. I remember hearing the birds chirping and um the just the the sky being so blue and then it was a sunny day and I remember when I started to walk home I felt like one of those cartoon characters from like the 50s where they're just like walking like la 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 you know like their arms are like swinging side to side and their legs are just like wobbly and it just was such an amazing experience. And what I love to share after that is how I thought I had those feelings, the sensory, um, you know, even like the motor feelings. I thought that that was because of her. I thought that she did that. And so I went back, had another treatment, you know, didn't have the same experience. And, um, I realized it wasn't her. It was me. Something that she did, that the acupuncture did, you know, and again, that was my first treatment. So I didn't know what was what. And um, I, and then that's when it all kind of started for me. I was like, okay, what, what is this? What's it doing? And then it was just like a snowball effect from there of, of trying to figure out, you know, what it was and what it meant and how to get access to it and how to keep it going and how to stay in that state. So, um, yeah, that was my first experience. (laughs) That's awesome. That, that totally reminds me of, um, when I was at the student clinic, I can't remember her last name anymore, but she was, um, maybe a couple of years ahead of us. I think Sarah, um, I was seeing her regularly for, I think the whole, almost the whole time that was her last year at school. And I think it was like my first eight extra treatment or something that, you know, we, we started. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I remember like leaving after maybe the first or second treatment, leaving the student clinic and I was driving to um, maybe the, like the, where green life is, the the old green Mm. life that's now the whole food. And I was on the street and I was just blissed out. And it is exactly what you're describing. It's like the little cartoon bloopers are like, you know, going around, circling around my head and like everything, you know, the sun is singing. And this woman is coming up the same street. I'm going down the street. She's coming up. And she's like, literally, she like swerves into my car, like knocks my, um, my rear, my side view mirror, like, you know, bends it into my car mm-hmm. and like throws a beer bottle up top of my car. <laughs> like this extreme moment of craziness. And I was just like, what am I? Uh, yeah. my bloopers. Like I'm yep. totally blissed out and the sun is singing to me and like, yeah, it was pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Fun. I know you're like, well, first of all, let's talk a little bit about this too. I mean, acupuncture is a modality that gets right into the nervous system and the nervous system has so many different layers and depths to it. And so right away when those acupuncture needles go in, like you're feeling 
um, relaxed, you know, you're getting natural dopamine, you're getting some serotonin, all these happy, good hormones that happen when we're outside in nature, when we're doing things that we love, when we're petting a cat and hanging out with our dogs, that is acupuncture just like takes it to a whole new level. And it really helps your body to moderate stress in a different way, um, which you experience there, not blowing your lid on this lady. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, actually, it's, it's, it's so prescient because just yesterday afternoon, my last patient is someone who um, has a lot of trauma. Like, you know, mm-hmm. this person is all super in his hypervigilant fight or flight. And, you know, we, we put in the needles and it's like the way that he's described it is just he's on a lazy river. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's part of the conversation we have is like, so, you know, what we're certainly you know, certainly you're getting the benefit in the moment and the ensuing hours, but also, you know, we're, we're reminding your nervous system that there's another way to feel in the world. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, you know, especially for this person, I mean, you know, it's like the point GB21 at the, the top of the trapezius. I put those in on this person and it's like, you just see every fiber just start to shift, you know, it's just mm-hmm. that kind of that, that down bearing descending, you know, um, sensation. And it is, it's, I think, you know, for this person, that's really one of the most amazing things to see is just, it's like, you can, you, your nervous system can feel differently, you know, like we can, mm-hmm. you, you know, there's certainly the work involved, like you have to remember this shift. And when, mm-hmm. you know, you're back in your day-to-day life and something upsetting happens, you know, it's like, certainly we want that chi to, to maintain regulation, but, you know, there's also, your participation of like, okay, so like I can feel differently than I do in this moment. I have this recent experience of it. Um, And that is so profound. You know, you just Mm -hmm. think about like, oh my gosh, just even trying to drive like three blocks on, you know, a main artery in my area, 15501. It's just like, everybody's honking, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, it's just that reminder, like you, you can feel differently in your life and experience regardless. You know, mm-hmm. that, that is, that's the, the regulation of chi that's allowing the smooth flow, allowing us our, us to adapt. But I mean, it, it sounds so simple, but holy cannoli, it is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what regular acupuncture does is it almost creates it, not almost, it does, it creates a habit within the body and the nervous system and even like corresponding systems. I mean, everything is plugged into your nervous system. So it's going to affect your cardiovascular, your lymphatic, your muscular, your urinary. Um, And the repetition of treatments and the consistency is what's going to help your body to form that habit. And I know that we talked about this the last time that we chatted, you know, the frequency at which we request or recommend that people come back. And I really loved how different we kind of do it because it just kind of shows what is available. And so 
just to kind of revisit that conversation, you had said that, you know, you recommend people come back, I think like, you know, twice or something like you treat them once and then you recommend they come back the next week. And that right there is that habit forming. And a lot of people will respond consistently when it comes to the nervous system. It's just like anything. You start exercising, the more you do it, the more it's going to affect your system. If you take a walk every day in the sunshine, the more that you do it, you're going to feel brighter and lighter and happier. And so I just think that at any pace that people get treatment, it's going to help them to get closer to who they really are in terms of that as a big statement, but also in terms of the way that they truly show up in their environment. And that's something that I really gained from from this medicine too, is taught me kind of who I am. Not kind of, but really did teach me who I am. Yeah, I hear that. Like, just kind of peel back those layers of reactiveness. You know, it's, it's so funny because I, um, one of the things, you know, I, I probably like a, a lot of practitioners, um, I use some modification of Shaoyasan or Jawai Shaoyasan. Like, yeah. I don't even know how many times a week, you know, <laughs> like, just because we're such a stressed out culture. Yeah. And, you know, when, when people ask about the formula, you know, it's like, well, the name translates to free and easy wanderer. And mm-hmm. that's an expression of the free flow of, of, of chi of the liver energetic organ system. And that mm-hmm. that's our organ system, you know, that there's this kind of beautiful um, little narrative around that formula, around Shaoyasan, that is like, you know, <laughs> the way our true, deepest, most authentic selves are in there. Yeah. Um, however, we do have to run up against the obstacles of, you know, society, the demands of everyday life. And, you know, of course, I mean, the, just even even some places where we, we get so much benefit and gratification and joy, you know, like our loved ones, there's still that sense of, of like, you know, we have to adapt ourselves to, you know, to to, to, to kind of fit in, I guess, you know, and this this notion of kind of like, opening up that you know that the liver reacts to that is like er you know <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know, it's this notion of like how to how to truly manifest ourselves you know to that that most meaningful place while navigating those you know the the constant realm of obstacles which are are the you know also the wonderful parts of life it's not all just like traffic and um, you know, long lines at the grocery store, you know, there's a lot of, of joy in our interpersonal and that kind of thing. But that still, you know, it's like that's still, you know, we're still kind of having to modify ourselves a little bit. So how to um, to come in contact with that kind of most authentic, genuine, free and easy movement of ourselves, despite, you know, the fact that we're within, you know, these social structures that place their demands, limitations upon us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the things that I love so much about Chinese herbal medicine is it doesn't create a dependency. It creates a um, stabilization and a repair so that, again, just like acupuncture, it shows you, nope, you really are this way. And it 
so often, just as you described, people can feel freer, they can feel more at ease, they can respond differently. And again, it's the consistency and the um, ability to trust, I think, the medicine, but also trust yourself because so many people are so used to living in that heightened state of reaction and fight, flight, freeze, that it is sometimes a little bit more uncomfortable to move into a different state. Um, besides like acupuncture and herbs, do you share any other, uh, modalities or lifestyle suggestions with your patients to help them to continue regulating the nervous system? And, um, again, that habit of being free and easy. I do. So I, um, in the last few years, I've been working a lot with stone medicine and a lot with, with Qigong, with, you know, kind of giving people different Qigong exercises. You know, we studied the six healing sounds. Um, mm-hmm. I also, you know, I've studied a little bit with, um, or I've, I've not studied with, but I've <clears throat> purchased a few books by Tom Vizio. Mm-hmm. Um, who's a, you know, the Twina, you know, well, I mean, there's a lot of different things, but I, you know, my Twina practice, Chinese medical massage Twina, um, has, you know, it's just accelerated enormously since, um, I became aware of Tom Vizio, but mm-hmm. in one of his books, he has a few, you know, um, just a few Qigong practices, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's some extensive, um, series of Qigong practices, but, you know, just simple moves, simple sounds that we can use, um, either, even, you know, just, just the, and, um, enhancing the sound of your exhalation, you know, you breathe in and then, you know, kind of like breathe out or, you know, one of the six healing sounds or, you know, just how important that is for our nervous systems and just, how good people feel once they've done that a few times. Um, you know, and just, uh, I think, uh, um, yeah, I, I guess that's, that's, those, those are the two things is I really, I love using stone medicine. I feel like I don't use it as much as practitioners that I've worked with, you know, who've used it for me. Um, mm-hmm. and I, uh, that's something that, you know, that I'll, I'll probably just spend the next however many years of my life kind of trying to aspire to but I definitely feel very comfortable in the realm of of qigong and just even kind of like a little grab bag of like you know try this and this and this kind of of thing in addition to kind of the more you know maybe something a little bit more formalized like the animal frolics or some of the five animal frolics but um yeah I would I do think that I I guess between stone medicine and tweena or I'm sorry and qigong um I feel like Qigong is, I'm kind of swimming pretty freely in Qigong right now. Cool. Yeah, the um, Tui Na is interesting. I I use it, but what I also tend to do is 
to encourage that self massage and, you know, a lot mm. of Twina is like twisting and opening and movements that are very similar to what we would find in Qigong, like lengthening and opening, but going slow with it or like pinching and pinching and turning and pressing and that I find that patients really resonate too, because again, just generally speaking, one thing that I love so much about this medicine is like, you can do it anywhere. You can do acupressure mm-hmm. anywhere. You can do Twina on yourself anywhere. Um, so yeah, I'm curious too, what kind of stones have you been using? Definitely black tourmaline. Black tourmaline yep. has definitely felt like kind of a like, you know, just that, like that old friend stone, you know, mm-hmm. like just that, that stone that I've known my whole life. And, you know, yeah, so that's tor- the tourmaline, black tourmaline and watermelon tourmaline. Um, I feel very confident with uh, garnet, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, lapis. I was actually working mm-hmm. with lapis with someone recently. Um, and then, you know, the, the, um, the quartz, you know, quartz kind of mm-hmm. has its own, you know, it just kind of has that clarifying energetic. So that can just be kind of like, you know, just like a, a good buddy, you know, kind of like a, you know, I don't know, a, an easily accessible stone to just kind of put into somebody's palm to kind of, you know, help the treatment unfold a little bit. But um, yeah, I would say that garnet, black tourmaline, watermelon tourmaline, and um Lap well, I, I like lapis. I the only reason that's at the top of my brain is because I was just using that with someone recently. Um, I guess those are yeah, the, the tourmalines are definitely kind of my go to. Um, and then mm-hmm. garnet, it's garnet's also my birthstone, so I kind mm-hmm. of have like a little bit of a you know additional kind of like juiciness there when I think about connecting with garnet. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I have so many stones, I've been realizing, <laughs> like, you know, I really have like I kind of. I think I don't know if it was Jeffrey Un or um or another teacher. I just remember talking that that person talking about um you know just our stones want to be touched yeah. you know so it'll occasionally occur to me like I have these these beautiful medicinal stones and so I'll you know I'll kind of go through and just be like hey I remember you I'm thinking about you and like kind of like yeah I might put them in in a potted plant you know so they're just sitting mm-hmm. on the soil next to the plant you know kind of like give them a little bit of like kind of taking them for a walk <laughs> yeah Nice. Yeah. Wash them in the rivers, wash them underwater, help yes. to clean them and cleanse them. I don't think a lot of people realize that the stones are filled with atoms and they're moving pieces and parts of our world, just like the stones on the ground and um, the plants, you know, just because it's not actively moving doesn't mean that we can't interact with it in a certain way. And so um, yeah, putting it in your palm, placing it under your pillow. I know a lot of my patients keep some in their car for protection. And the black tourmaline specifically is really good for grounding, absorbing negative energy. And there's also been a lot of research that it is 
um, going to absorb negative ions. So nurses, a lot of nurses carry them in their pockets when they um, are going into radiation, radiation rooms, or people that have had radiation because the stone will absorb that. And they're extremely powerful. I, I do think that black tourmaline, I, you know, maybe it was like our second year. I think there was um, one winter class when it had just been terrible snow. And you, of course, because you live in Cleveland, <laughs> you know, you were just fearless. Like, I think it was like you and me and maybe Deborah you in. And it was just a very small, we were at the, the Heaven's Cloud Retreat Center, but there are very few of us. I just remember like you were that, the fearless Cleveland snow driver. <laughs> um, but I remember, you know, I remember we talked so much about black tourmaline and I just, you know, I just remember that feeling of just like this. I, I've known this town my whole life. How is it that this is the first time I'm actually being formally quote unquote introduced? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I remember that trip. I wasn't going to miss that class for anything because <laughs> then you had to sit in the <laughs> library and watch the video of it. I'm like, snow in North Carolina is nothing like snow in Cleveland, please. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Whatever the original meaning of snowflake. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm glad that you trusted me in that situation. <laughs> You know, it's so interesting because like yourself, I take certain stones out and I put them in kind of those velvet patches or pouches. And I had just recently put some in velvet patches, actually not just recently, probably they've probably been in there like a year or so. And they've just kind of like popped in my mind again. Like I need to go in those pouches and see what I put in there because something is calling to me, something wants to be used and held and kind of befriended and to really essentially support me energetically, just like herbs and acupuncture and um, friendships and, you know, nature does stones. They seem so abstract, but um, they really have a lot, a lot to offer. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, I, I do think that that, I mean, I think stone medicine has, is just, you know, it's incredible on a lot of fronts, but I, I do find that the conversation that's opened up with people about, you know, just our inherent interconnectedness with life and being in the universe, um, you know, especially in, in the U.S. where, you know, we're a busy culture, we have so much going on at any given time, so many demands on our time and our schedule, and yet you know, as has been well-researched and well-documented, there's just this ever-increasing epidemic of loneliness, you know, this feeling of isolation and detachment and and non-connectedness. And I think that, you know, just from what I recall about kind of the discussion about, like, you know, kind of the, um, the Taoist perspective on stones is that, you know, these are our um, these are our relatives, our ancestors, you know, I mean, there's just incredible potency um, and depth in the process of a stone. How, you know, you just think about the, the eons, geological eons of, of processes that make these different 
you know, they create these different stones and even how they kind of work their way up. You know, some stones are kind of working their way up through these tectonic levels just yeah. with these ever so subtle, gradual shiftings that are just over, you know, millennia pushing them up to the surface where they become accessible. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I think that stones have that, that beautiful well, or they can, you know, if we can, you know, for as, as we can kind of open ourselves to it, you know, just that beautiful reminder that there's this this depth of wisdom and, and connectedness that we're inherently a part of, um, you know, it's just reminding, allowing ourselves to get back there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we both took Jeffrey's stone class, which we had a good yeah. over because it was so like Western focused, we were expecting more of like the ethereal perspective but you know it was a nice class to hear about how and I would have to go back and look at my notes but because I don't have any I I would I just have to go back and reference but how stones contain minerals that are found on the periodic table and that those minerals are minerals that we consume that we can just like I'm gave reference about um, the radiation, you know, that they can counteract that and absorb it. And um, that there's so much science and, and sustainability in them that contains minerals that we need and have access to. It's not like they're this weird structure that is made up of nothing, that there's actually a lot of of um practicality and science within them yeah yeah absolutely that that's you know this is i mean that's you know it's like this is what we are made of you know there's if you think about kind of like like an evolutionary theorist like jared diamond um who you know he's he's I think what his first book was the third chimpanzee and what he put forth in that book was, you know, essentially like all of life on this planet developed from the same place. So no mm-hmm. matter how much variation we've evolved over, you know, the, 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 you know, millions and billions of years, there's always that core of connectedness. You know, there's always that core of sameness because, you know, here we are on this big rock floating around in space, and all of this has, all of this amazing life has burst up out of that, and it, it you know, again, as, as, as far afield as we have developed and evolved, there's kind of a single point of origin, so it's like, mm-hmm. you know, of course our ne- our body needs the vitamin A that we find in carrots, and of course our body needs the magnesium that we, we find when we hold a stone, you know, just, yeah, it's mm-hmm. just, oh, just incredible to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would encourage anybody listening right now to, if you don't have a stone, to go to a stone store or a gem store, crystal store. They're all the same. It's just different terminology. And to just browse and maybe just buy one, one or two that catches your eye, that speaks to you, that you love the color, you know, don't think about it too much. But just to go in there with exploration and knowing that you're going to find exactly the stone that you're looking for and to then keep it with you, keep it on you, in your pocket, in your bra, um, in your car, you know, under your pillow and start to develop a relationship with it. Like we develop 
a relationship with anything that um, is within us and outside of ourselves. And then, you know, to take it the step further, like I would suggest doing that first. And then like maybe like a couple weeks later, then, you know, reading about the stone and Googling around about mm-hmm. it can see exactly you know, what other people's experiences have been with it, because that's what it is. And then definitely check out like, you know, Google black tourmaline, you know, minerals it's made up of to see exactly what it contains. But um, it's, you know, your experience and your experience with it is what really matters. And then what other people share and say about it, you know, maybe you can relate to that too. Or kind of what I like to do is, when someone says a stone, I like to say, oh, okay, cool. Let me see if I can access that. Let me see if I can, um, you know, find that within the stone or within relating to it. Um, do you have any other kind of suggestions for people that are first working with stones or maybe have and have them, but like, don't really know what to do with them? I just, the thing that I love is it's like, Find your own experience of a thing. Tap yeah. into your own wisdom first. How does your nervous system respond to it? How do you feel? What is your connection? You know, rather than just, you know, because it's like, it's like the Dr. Google phenomenon where it's like, here's what's wrong with me. You know, like, how do I fix it? You know, it's like, <laughs> start, start from inward, you know, start from that place of being, you know, of really being seated deeply within yourself. How do you directly experience this? Like, mm-hmm. how do you feel? You know, how does your hand feel when you hold it? How's your sleep? You know, just really having that, being willing to delve completely into your own subjective response and then you know maybe flesh that out by being like okay what is you know what is this thought or you know what's the wisdom around this thought or the other thing I just think you know certainly with stones and just with everything you know like that's such an important reminder is that you know what how does it feel genuinely truly to you before finding out how it's supposed to feel you know <laughs> like yeah. what it's supposed to feel you know from some other perspective um yeah. I don't yeah I mean other than just highlighting the importance of what you just said I don't know how much more I have to add to that other than yeah you can also I mean you know uh gem and crystal stores are amazing and you know you can also just go out in the woods go into yeah. a creek you know like find a, a little stone I remember when I was a little kid I love going to the creek and, you know, kind of like either, you know, just finding what's kind of lying around the different areas of the creek or maybe digging a little bit. Um, And just even that experience of like finding, you know, a little stone under the water and seeing how it changes as it dries, you know, like the, the way the color or the appearance or just the sensation of holding it when it's, when it's wet, freshly out of the water and then how it changes as it's starting to dry. Like, you know, I think there's a lot of beauty in that as well. And um, finding, you know, looking around your, if you, if you own a house, looking around your backyard, um, finding things, you know, there's a, in my area, probably in, you know, most of the Eastern seaboard, probably who knows most of the continent, there's a lot of quartz of various kinds, mm-hmm. certainly like clear and smoky quartz are big ones. Um, but yeah, just, I, I think even that just kind of like, you know, finding a, a, a trail, you know, a, like maybe at your local hiking trail and just looking at the, the stones 
um, that you see there, like, you know, just finding them in their environment. I know, you know, of course, in Pisgah, there's um, there's a, a, a trail that, like, as you're hiking it, you'll just see these huge, huge, like, surfaces of, of quartz. Mm. you know, in the trail, like, you know, you're literally mm. like walking, you, it's like mind-bending to think how big the actual stone underneath all that dirt is, mm. um, but, you know, it's like even just looking at them, you can just, you know, see their resonance and, and feel, you know, just, yeah, so I, yeah, I think that's another great thing to do is to just kind of like go out in the woods and, and encounter stones there as well. Yeah, I love that you added that piece in because it's natural to your direct environment. You know, it's not coming from like Tanzania or like, um, (laughs) you know, Brazil or um, yeah, even like, um, like me getting, you know, ports from North Carolina. Um, And you're also reminding me too, that so many people uh, when I go to the lake here in Cleveland, I'll go to Lake Erie and people are looking for sea glass and they're looking for stones that are right, you know, coming right off of um, the lake. And so, you know, water, water bends, uh, rivers, ponds, like those are great places to find such unique pieces because water is what's going to move different areas of um, and things within our environment. So a stone might float over here from, um, you know, Lake Michigan that is, you know, native to um, Lake Michigan and Chicago and Illinois. And so um, that's a really good, that's a really good reminder to just access what's around you directly. Yeah, and and at risk of being too heavy-handed, I do want to remind folks that when we do walk into, you know, a a lot of stores, the stones that we find there have been mined from somewhere. So, you know, like an entire mountaintop might have been blown off, you know, and I I know, again, at risk of being heavy-handed, I don't think that that has to be an obstacle necessarily, but in terms of, you know, as as we're, you know, thinking about things, it, it is, Yep. It's good to to ground that. They're not decontextualized. They don't, you know, fall like rain from the sky. Like right. you know, somebody's somebody's land, somebody's mountain, somebody's, you know, canyon, somebody's homeland, somebody's ancestral homeland does get modified to to access those things. So yeah. Yeah, no, I think that that's a really good point to bring up is like where do these stones come from how did they get here you know what is the origin and it is true they will set off crazy dynamites to blow massive holes into these mountains and sometimes very sacred places and that's often why the price of stones is what it is is because the the land is sacred the stones you know are sacred um like to mention you know diamonds really aren't even that rare um there are more rare stones that cost a lot more and that um you know it kind of is the human that is going in and um breaking down pieces of our land to bring these precious stones um to us and to our environment and even things like um polishing and shaping the stones you know i know everybody's kind of seen like the animals that are shaped into stones but 
you know, a polished stone is a polished stone. A man or a woman did that and altered, you know, the natural state of the stone. It's the same with those that are pointed or have um, any kind, any any characteristic state to it that isn't um, considered raw. And a lot of times, people that sell them will say this is raw. You know, it hasn't been altered from the state at which it was taken from the environment that it was found. So that, it's a really good point, Susanna, and I'm glad that you brought that up um, because it's important to be conscious of um, what we take, you know, from our land and how much we're doing it. And I'm just going to blah, 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 babble, babble, babble. But like, you know, the cost of the stones has gone up because it's gotten so popular um, in, in really like what, maybe like these last 15 years. I mean, gosh, I remember when we were in school, like stones weren't nearly as big as they are now. So yeah, no popularity is going to influence that too. But just something that feels true about our medicine is that there is an awareness, you know, things move in in both directions, you know, they move um, to us, but also, you know, ideally from us, you know, so we are uh, hopefully kind of remembering that, um, you know, that Chinese medicine, which is so grounded in this notion of like, you know, is it, is it hot? Is it cold? Is it interior? Is it exterior? You know, that is, that's the experience. Of living in the world, you know, so we we do want to, um, you know, to to give to the world as well as you know receive from the world. So yeah, yeah. yeah and the first podcast that I did was all about um, our eight principles. So I have an entire episode. It's just me um, sharing this information with you. So if anybody listening wants to go back. Um, and listen to the first ever episode, you're going to learn exactly about our eight principles, which is what Susanna is referring to. So yin and yang, interior, exterior, excess and deficiency and cold and hot and how we use those diagnostically in Chinese medicine. And just as Susanna had said, how we take those eight principles and apply them to our whole life. Um, Susanna, I think that this is a really beautiful note to end on. So I want to thank you so much for being here with me. If you are in the Chapel Hill area and you want to uh, book an appointment with Susanna, you can do that at southernvillageacupuncture.com. And thank you so much for being here with me. This was a lot of fun and definitely went in a direction that I didn't expect it to go to, which... I probably should have expected that because that's kind of how our <laughs> conversations go. So thank you so much for being here. Anything else you want to share or add? No, just thank you so much for having me. It's just, it is such a joy to be, to just see all the amazing things you do and all the, just the brilliant ways you, you, you just bring yourself to the medicine and bring the medicine to the world and just like show up period. So thank you so much for having me. It is of course, you know, it's just, oh, it's one of my happy places talking with you. So thank you. Um, well, thank you so much too, again. And I'm glad that we um, came together to share this conversation with um, the listeners. So thanks everybody for listening and we will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Through the Funnel. I hope you found something useful. If you have and you like what you've heard, share around and leave a review on Apple. 
To get in touch, learn more about me and my classes, visit my website at sourcemedicinalarts.com. Till next time.